In a world where options are limitless, but time is not, two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices. Starring Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens. A podcast that lets you know what's worth watching and what's not. From the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center, this is Binge or Cringe. Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. So have you watched anything? Because I've watched a lot of stuff. I uh, I watched a Seinfeld marathon mm-hmm. on television. Because you were in the hospital. Yep. But I mean, I watch Seinfeld even when I'm not. Yeah, I know. Like in the hospital, so I mean, that's that's not saying anything. Uh, of all the shows that like I both want them to and do not want them to, it's one that I would definitely watch a revival of. But like, I also realize that maintaining the quality that I associate with that show would be nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's better that they don't. Yeah, I I've been kind of in a rut. I continually watch. Anything I can find about, oh, I was going to say John Mulaney, and there he is texting me. That was, I'm sorry, that was my stomach. I've got some. uh... Uh, I've I've been just covering myself up with all things John Mulaney because I love him more every day. And you can see his stuff on Netflix, but that's not what we're here to talk about. The rut I've been in is, I guess, docudrama related to what everybody loves, serial killers. So... (laughs) The two I'm going to talk about are similar. The first one is called The Pharmacist, and it is about not Robin Williams, who wasn't a pharmacist. He developed film in that one, right? Yes. If we're talking about a one-hour photo. Yeah. Yeah. Which, in the name, I should have recalled, he is not a pharmacist. Pharmacist. (laughs) It'd be a one-hour pharmacist. But in this case, the pharmacist is not the bad guy. The pharmacist uh, has a teenage son who is murdered when he goes to buy drugs. And I'm really shortening it. And then Katrina hits, and then the pharmacist notices about one doctor in particular who is writing millions of dollars worth of prescriptions for opioids. And how in the pharmacy they have a list thinking, I bet you they're not going to make it. Not so much a Deadpool, but a, let's keep an eye on this. Okay, it's a Deadpool. But let's keep an but eye not, on this patient. Not the Deadpool like we're no, thinking of Deadpool. Maximum not, effort. Not Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. No, but the reason why he was named Deadpool. Hmm, interesting. So he, this man, does not give up on anything ever, which is awesome. So what you're saying is he was giving maximum effort. He was. The pharmacist. So much so that various and sundry governmental agencies were not in a position to tell him, hey, we're infiltrating this skeezy doctor. You, being across the street, filming the doctor, doing the drug deals, isn't really helping us. But he wasn't going to let go, which on a level I totally respect. Because he didn't let go, he found out who the killer of his son was, and they even talked to that guy, who is actually out of jail. What I've noticed from all of these crime type of documentaries, what people are given as a punishment does not necessarily equal their crime. I really am just waiting one day for like, you know, Netflix always, it's like, if you enjoyed this or if you did that, or you, you know, you, you saw this and there's, there's a wealth of crime mm-hmm. documentaries or like how I did it. Or like I murdered 72 people. Eventually like they're just going to be like, Hey, did you kill somebody? 
What's, you what's up? And you just you you would you're like, well, mm-hmm. but just between me and you, Netflix, yeah, I yeah. did. And you just say, woo, just be all oh, that. Oh, see, after this, I mean, this is a story that it it ends. You know, he finds out who the killer of his son is, but he still needs something. Because the reason his son got killed is his son got hooked on opioids, and it was just the very beginning of the crisis. And he wanted to prevent other kids from having the same thing happen to them. And so he ended up helping to point out doctors who were doctors who only kept office hours at night, who didn't do any exams, who wrote only three different kinds of prescriptions. I think it was... Uh, Xanax and Oxycontin and something else with an N on it, whatever. You know, the trifecta is what they called it. But obviously I can't remember the third thing, so there you go. But he helped and was on the forefront of noticing we're having an opioid crisis. And so it was fascinating, but, you know, it came to a close. So I don't know if they're going to have another one like called the, the optometrist and maybe he solves crime. Um, well, I mean, as much of a like, okay, while I was in the hospital, I noticed one thing, everything, every, well, yeah, sure. There were, I think, I assume yeah. maybe it was a janitor. It could have been, I was really sedated. Um, everything on CBS is a crime show. Yes. Like every, you are either a judge uh, or you are a, a police officer that is bringing criminals to that. Like all they do is solve crime. Yep. All they do is either solve crime or like put these people away for crimes that they've done. Like that's, that's all CBS does. Mm-hmm. Why, why has ABC and NBC not just been like, wait a minute. I think it's counter-programming. It's like, that's their thing. We're going to do the singing and dancing competitions. I guess. But like CBS has like what a gajillion viewers, yeah. something like that. I, I don't know if that number's. I think like, it's accurate. I don't. Okay, well, maybe it is. It You're listening be. to Binge or Cringe brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Allen talking with Adam Cravens about what is worth streaming and the other crime show. Bacardi? Is even fun. Oh, I could talk about it now for days. Man, but no, no, stop, 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 stop. I'm stopping. Maybe. Shut it down. Um, it's called I Am a Killer. Oh, dear. And the... Didn't I literally just tell you we shouldn't admit this to like... It's called I'm a Killer. We are recording this conversation. You know that. It's on Netflix. It's put together by a British film crew. And what... At least you know it's classy murder. It is. And then then we had to kill him. uh, (laughs) Well, no. The murderers aren't British. The interviewers are. The the crew is. I'm less into it now than I was. So it... I don't know the vetting process, but it is fascinating what they've chosen. And they have access to certain criminals on death row, oddly enough, a lot in Texas. And in many cases... Well, you, don't, you don't mess with them, Jane. You don't. And those people, I mean, they've been told well, a wealth of times, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And they mess, mess with, with them. Texas. Yeah, and they did. So, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. really at this point, it's their fault. So they interview people who are on death row and... Then they interview the prosecutors and or family members of those on death row or of the victims. And it's really fascinating. And, of course, it is sad as well. On the upside, and I've seen, it seems like just one really long episode. I've probably seen 10 episodes. The takeaway is these people who have been incarcerated for 20 plus years and are on death row 
have not been on death row and been on drugs and been drunk and so have matured and not had anything mess with their minds and appear to be legitimately sorry for what they've done. And almost every one of them says, I can be sorry for it all day long, but you can't unring a bell. I can't take back what I did. Especially, well, I mean, you can take back like, you know, right? oh, I'm sorry, you wanted a Diet Coke. I brought you a Coke. Like, you can take that back. But they have the realization of, this is why I'm here. I did something horrible, and no amount of time I can serve is ever going to even make up for one life, let alone three, which wasn't something I ever really thought about. I don't actively think about people on death row because it makes me sad. And, er, because what if they've done something to my family? But... I really, I want that to be somebody's... The, their, their realization on death row. Grr. What, are, are, you, are you Tony the Tiger? Like, well... Oh, oh, bother. No. They also talk to many in the know about these people on death row. Most of them, but not all. Most of them have horrible lives. This one guy, honestly, was raised in a tar paper shack. Yes. And they I mean, had you, a you can't of it. see this because uh, I, we're on a, a podcast, but Imagine like, it. I just did a. Like, yes. if, that, if you can translate that to a physical action mm-hmm. right there. He, he had caseworkers, but when the caseworkers would bring him clothes, His mother would give the clothes to the other kids and then keep him locked in a chest so he couldn't wander away. And he said, joke's on her, it was more comfortable to sleep in the chest than it was on the floor. (laughs) Uh, It's horrible, horrible. It started, you know, being raped when he was six years old, being another kid in the family, being sold off for a bottle of wine. It's just the worst it makes almost almost hyperbole but it's reality yes or it sa- sounds like hyperbole but it is reality you think harry potter had it rough uh uh-uh. uh and just watching some of these it's like if i ever complain about anything ever again and this is before these people commit the crimes it's horrible now, not everybody who has a miserable upbringing, of course, goes and kills people. No, is this that. is true. Some, sometimes people, like, persevere through it, yes. like, and, you know, decide that they don't want anybody to go through that. Then there's the flip side of it. Yes. But in some cases, it, it helps you understand why these people started drugs and alcohol, because their lives were so miserable. They had no means for medical support or counseling or anything and if they did the system let them down consistently i mean not again not to like tout the 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 positive sides of it but like most of the time people get into alcohol or drugs not because they're just like i bet that would be fun but it it, it is a means of an escape you're it's a self-medication yeah if you will and so it simply puts it in a different frame of mind it doesn't take away what they did, but it is different than, well, I was walking down the street and I saw this other guy and so I gunned him down, which is completely different from, I've had 15 years of abuse, I just needed another fix or I was going to die, and then the guy looked at me funny and I was confused. It's just kind of different and just perhaps ways you hadn't thought of things before. One of the guys, whoever says, says, you know, I can't tell you that I had a miserable upbringing because I didn't. I had everything I ever wanted. I was raised in a middle-class home, and there's no excuse for what I did. 
Which, I mean, goes to say, like, sometimes yeah. it's not, you know, it's not because, like, you had this trauma mm-hmm. or, like, you were you were just, you know, mentally abused. Some people are just, you know, yeah. bad eggs. So, uh, it's, it's simply fascinating because they are also able to show you, in many cases, the initial interview. They pick someone up. They're arrested for murder, allegedly, and then they start to interview them. And they show the interview. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's like them 20 years ago. And now here's the catch to this show. They will take parts of the interviews and then play it for either the victim's family or whatever. They'll give the other side. So both parties have the other side. And that is interesting because in some cases, they had never, they never thought they'd be able to communicate it to someone else. In this one case, this guy... um, killed someone else. It was this girl's father, and he was like the most upstanding, wonderful guy in the world. And they interviewed her, and she said, well, I do forgive him. He's not my friend. He's not going to be my pen pal, but I forgive him because I needed to move on. And so they played that for the guy that killed her father. And it was, you could tell it helped him. It helped him. To a certain degree, yeah. Known that at least she had forgiven him in some way and made life livable. Another guy who was clearly crazy... And everybody knew he was crazy. He was so crazy and so off the wall that he was just in prison for dumb stuff, but he couldn't behave. So he was constantly kept alone for 23 hours out of the day. However, Man, on, it seems like that would make you yes, crazy. Yes. And that's what he said. He goes, I had years of that. And then he realized, well, on death row, they get to play outside. They get to do that. So he killed a pedophile to get on death row. He intentionally did that, and then he is—is is it wrong that I'm not? Yeah, I'm not too upset. upset but still, that he killed a pedophile. Imagine the mind place you have to be in to choose to take someone else's life in so order you to can be, be treated to... more humanely. That's, but but it was a pedophile. It was a pedophile. That's what I'm like. You know, but still. I'm not, say, I'm not trying uh, to justify murder, but I'm just saying he was a pedophile. That, that's all I'm saying. That's all. I, I agree. All right. But was he just like looking at pictures that someone else had taken? Or seen? I don't know. I don't, I, I'm I not, don't, I don't think there's, there's acceptable degrees. I, I know. I don't. Of, but, it's not like, well, he was only a level one. I, I but, think all of them are to, like. To be strangled by this crazy man, I mean, that is horrible. That is. But still. Fascinating. Just really fascinating. And I think my biggest takeaway is a lot of people slip through the cracks through programs that should be helping more people who are at risk of walking down the wrong roads. And that is unfortunate because these things are in place to help people before these things escalate. I mean, back in the day when you only had, you know, three channels and it only ran, you know, new programming between mm-hmm. these hours and the hours, like you, you pretty much, you could watch everything. Like if you were really like adamant about it, mm-hmm. but I mean with like, you have, you've got cable, you've got network, you've got streaming, like mm-hmm. you've got YouTube, like you've, I mean, there's just, I don't want to say it's inexhaustible, but like there, there's almost, I'm going to go ahead and say it too much Mm. so much so that there could be a podcast about About it trying to sift through it all we're sifting for unlimited unlimited options jane but limited amounts of time in two or three instances the and most of these guys committed crimes when they were under 20 and usually under 18 because they did just horrible life you know starting and then it 
ended horribly. And a few of them were going, well, I just remember standing there trying to give myself the courage to, you know, slit this guy's throat, shoot these people, whatever. And, and a lifetime later. Yes. Now. And it's like, wow, they forced themselves to do it. I also didn't know this bit of Texas law, that you can be put on death row for the law of parties. Not what it sounds like. Not what it sounds like. If you are party to an act, then you are just as responsible. So there was a case where there were four guys in the car, but only one driving. One in the back seat got out of his own volition and shot somebody and killed them. And he was executed. The driver of the car was going to be executed, but it was commuted to life in prison. He drove the car into a neighborhood and ended up on death row. Now, others saying he was the one orchestrating this, they'd been robbing people that looked vulnerable, but there's just a point of law I didn't know existed. There you go, the law of parties. So he drove a car, he did not see the victim, he did not confront the victim, he but did not kill the victim, he was going to be executed. Law of parties sounds like the sequel to Animal House. Yeah, and not, but I'm not funny. Yeah, wow. Not so funny I realize all. all of this is a downer. The real crazy guy, yeah. he's the one that laughed the most. Well, I'm here now. <laughs> And then I did this. <laughs> it's like, you are unhinged. Well, I mean, at that point, I would say you probably have to learn to laugh at some stuff. Oh. Otherwise, if you let the reality of your life. It wasn't that kind of laugh, though. Oh, it was more like more like the Joker's yes. laugh? Like the, yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. That unsettling one that you're just like. Oh, Why are you laughing? Uh, you said nothing funny. Uh, uh, so uh, fascinating, sad. But the kind of show where if you feel your family needs to have a discussion about something, you're going to see what I think is an even-handed display of whatever cases they choose. They're talking to as many people on both sides as possible with what they say are the events and so on and so forth. So if you want to have one of a, a deep discussion, what would you do in this situation if you were the judge? This is the show to watch. Um, the descriptions of some acts are nasty. They show crime photos after, but never where you see the person's head. So when it comes to gore factor, it's far more gory to watch Lord of the Rings because I'm not going to let a podcast go by without mentioning that. We but should. We no, can't, can't, really. It's, it's our job. However, I can't say that um, every 10-year-old is going to want to watch this and discuss it with you. But I think... I think that's a safe thing. Yeah. I think 13 and up, if you want to have a serious discussion about morals and life decisions, just one of these episodes would be uh, an interesting topic of discussion for the family to watch as to what happened to these people. So, But it's not fun, and yet I can't turn away. Some, some like sometimes train wrecks. Uh, they're not fun to watch, no. but like they're that there's definitely like a, a factor of interest to it. So, it sure is. You know, the, we watch things for different reasons than you know. Oh, that was hysterical. Which is why I think I keep going back to John Mulaney because he makes me very happy, and so. But for completely different yes. reasons than like murder documentaries do. Yes. Did or entertains you for different reasons than, okay. And yet I discovered a downer about John Mulaney that he shares in common with Stephen Colbert. Both of them have deceased siblings. Like, huh. Way to bring it down, Jay. I know. Why don't we talk about some murder documentaries and then talk about sibling death? <laughs> yeah. Not <laughs> fun. <laughs> okay. So um, 
and that's that's really all I've watched. That and all things Star Trek. But that'll go down a different road, and we'll get excited, and we have to cut this one short. Hashtag reasons. So Accepted. Okay. Accepted. We will talk about more fun things next time, but... make it so. We will engage. We will hit it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Binge or Cringe, Downer That It Is. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. You've been listening to Binge or Cringe. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.